Hello, welcome back to the Church of the Geek. I'm glad you could join us today. Today, David and I are giving out a, are putting out a, an episode that uh, is we uh, recorded back in November. Just sort of got bumped and moved as we work through holiday season and all that sort of stuff and other episodes that we wanted to put out. But uh, we were enthralled with the new series of Sleepy Hollow on Fox, and we used it to discuss uh, the place of uh, the book of Revelation in geek culture and how it really influences some of the really amazing um, sci-fi and fantasy images that are out there. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the great and terrible day of the geek. you sir i am doing very well hey How about hey, yourself hey did you hear there's a new podcast i did hear there's a new podcast the, the, the interwebs was all abuzz with it the twitters were a twitter mm, the facebookers were fa- they were uh-huh yeah right there. yeah, that yeah. no 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 it doesn't <laughs> so yeah our, our our first episode came live uh last week uh with one hundred and twenty-five views, uh, and uh, the the iTunes wasn't even up yet. iTunes just went live uh, today. We're recording this on November sixth, uh, and iTunes just went live today, which is awesome. Uh, so yeah, outstanding. So huge thank you to our tens of followers. Uh, uh, to steal a phrase from the Revs podcast, uh, huge thank yous to our tens of followers. <laughs> we are exceptionally grateful for you. Absolutely. I mean, when we when we started this, we thought we'd have at least three followers, right? And now we have tens. And and I know my mom didn't download it, so that means my wife must have downloaded it twice. Mm. Yeah, my wife didn't listen to it. <laughs> I, I I think I understand that phenomena. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Excellent. Oh, sure. Sure, I go to her concerts. I listen to her play the dang piano, but oh no! I'm sure she's never showed up to hear you preach either. Well, you know what? Actually, all the time since I've been ordained, we've had kids, so I'm not entirely sure she's ever heard me preach. <laughs> Does anyone ever hear us preach? Really? Mm, that's a very existential question. It it really, really is. But yeah, not not where we're going today. Not where we're going. No. Um. So it's it's November. Uh, and perhaps by the time we get the Sunday air, and and this question came up as how long do we do? How often are we dropping new episodes? That's the question we just got from Twitter. How often are we dropping new episodes? Our plan at the moment is is every other week, uh, and we are currently uh, uh, 
recording our seventh, seventh, seventh episode. Uh, although this is we may, a, yes, this is episode seven. Although mm-hmm. we may shift up the order depending on on how they sound, um, which means that that it's quite possible that everything could change between now and and when this gets released. That's true, and that's not to say that we might not have a special episode where we do it, you know, in a week. But right. Right. Never know. But anyway, all that's to say is that by the time this comes out, uh, this show may be canceled. But right now, you and I are both getting very, very caught up <sighs> in Sleepy uh-huh. Hollow. Yes. Not yes. sleepy in the least. You know, I, and I'll admit, I had absolutely no idea what that show was going to be about. It was on the Twitter that I just saw somebody mention it. And I went, yeah, I got an hour to kill. Let me see what I can do here. And I fired it up. And... I think my first response was to text you, David. Are you watching Sleepy Hollow? Right. Yes. <laughs> and it was, and your and your comment was something along the lines of, "Oh gosh, it was so awful. My DVR is set for every week." Or something exactly. along those lines. Yes. Yes. No. No. I, I watched uh, the first episode. Uh, uh, my spouse and I watched it. Megan and I watched it, and uh, I said, "This is terrible. This is awful. I want more." <laughs> Right. I mean, yeah, it is I, just I, terrible. I, who is writing for this thing? Um, it's over the top. It, it just—it's every cliche you can think of. It's—it's it's every um, bad religious image you can think of. Uh, and 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 of course, my favorite was in episode one. They fixed it. They don't do it anymore. But in episode one, they were talking about the Book of Revelations. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like fingernails on a chalkboard to me. Yeah, it's singular. Right. Yes. Okay. Ah. For 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 those not in the know, the book is the Revelation of Saint John. Revelation singular. Yes. He didn't have multiple. He did not have multiple revelations. Right. Uh, So we're we're caught up in this, and and we were both uh, enamored of the number of shows that use not just shows the movies and literature that uses imagery and and themes from the book of revelation especially you know sort of sci-fi fantasy stuff it's it's sort of the the realm of sci-fi fantasy stuff to to pull on these images um does that make does that make john the seer the first sci-fi author Ooh, I like that. I've got you. I got you over here on the side screen. That's why I'm looking over here so I can look at something here on my main screen. Yes, I love that idea of of John as the first sci-fi author, the George R. R. Martin of the first century. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I guess you could make the. I guess you could make the 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 uh, claim that uh, what is it? Uh, there's a third Enoch, which is a. Um, oh yeah. Apocalypse from the from the uh, uh, intertestamental period, the apocryphal stuff. It's uh, well, and even even you can go back to the Book of Daniel, the the Book of Daniel, and, and parts of Ezekiel. Um, you know, perhaps yeah. perhaps the the line is not John then, but rather apocalyptic literature in general is the first sort of sci-fi. You know, the precursor to sci-fi fantasy genre is is apocalyptic. Uh, hey, dreamers of dreams and and seers of visions, let's get together and yeah. and, and, and write. Yeah, that's absolutely. There's uh, definitely uh, something there. It's uh, but it is fascinating, right? That uh, the number of movies out there that draw on it, and I've really tried to sort of just ponder that here since we started talking about this to do this today. I think there's a there's a wealth of 
imagery in there that allows folks to sort of play with it. Yeah, absolutely. And well, again, we 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 kind of asked our friends to to pull some of the the their uses of of the Book of Revelation, um, and came up with all sorts of things. Of course, right, left behind books based on Revelation by Christian authors are indeed based on books of Revelation. Obvious point is obvious. But once you get past those, I mean, there's just so many examples that people came up with, right? Uh, the seventh seal, which yeah. that's, the seventh seal, is that the one with uh, Schwarzenegger that we were talking about last week? No, that's, that was End of Days. Oh, End of Days. That's end the of one days? with Schwarzenegger. Yes, yes. End of Days, right? Seventh seal. Oh, I've well, not now, seen I was, I was just want to make sure, because when, when we've talked a little bit about that, the seventh seal was... I threw that out there, and what I I was talking about was the Demi Moore movie from the '80s, which was the Seventh Sign. Right. Um, yes. But I do think that there is a um, a uh, I want to say Ingmar Bergman, but that's not right. Go ahead and talk. You, here you, and you, you know, you know what, you know which this. one I want. You know what Revelation based movie I want to see? I want to see Rapture Palooza. Why have I not yet seen Rapture Palooza with Anna Kendrick and Craig Robertson? I mean, that looks phenomenally bad. Wow, hadn't hadn't seen that one. I hadn't had a chance to check that in. Two Ingmar, stars, Ingmar Bergman. Two stars. Um, seventh Seal, Ingmar Bergman, nineteen fifty-seven. Uh, Rapture Palooza, nice. I I think nice, we need nice, to, nice. I think we need to have a watching of that one time. We need to to throw that up on both of our screens and and do a commentary through it. I think that would be great. So here's the other question: Why are so many of these things so darn bad? I mean, whether you're talking, right, Sleepy Hollow, I love it, it's great, it's fun, it's really bad. Um, you know, Rapture Palooza, um, End of Days, Constantine, okay, Constantine's fun, but again, it, it, it's not exactly what you would call great cinema. Right. Uh, there's also, um, it was mentioned uh, on, on your Facebook page there, the uh, This is the End, the most recent one, that was totally... Revelation, the, the ones from just this summer. Oh, okay. Did you see that one? I did not see that. No. And uh, no, it was it was a spoof actually, and it had uh, it had the guy. Uh, oh gosh, my mind is blank. From uh, I mean, it was a bunch of celebrities playing themselves and the, um, right sort of the whole world ending, and they sort of um, spoof The Exorcist in there and uh, oh oh all it's, sorts it's, it's all, a, all sorts of revelations. One of those one of those parody remake things. Yeah yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. Okay. You know, I have not seen that one. Uh, they are bad. So many of them are so bad. So, all right, all right. So, point one, point one, there are so many. I, I think if you could take there, – there are two sorts of, of movies that use scriptural imagery, right? There are stories about Jesus, and they are explicitly stories of Jesus. And that's probably the biggest category, right? Gospel films, if you will, uh, that tell the story of Jesus. And then you got Book of Revelation stuff. And then maybe, right, you got a few Exodus things thrown in there. Uh, right. Mm -hmm. One or two really big ones. But nowhere near the volume of the Revelation stuff. This catches people's revel uh, people's imagination. I think it's interesting. Um, uh, I think it's interesting how rarely we, as as mainline Protestant folks, like to talk about the Book of Revelation. It kind of gives us the heebie-jeebies, and we don't like to talk about it. But people are... Right Add up with it. It is. Uh, it, it completely engages so many people's visions. I did. A, I was at a, a church camp a number of years back, and we spent a week 
um, talking about some things. At the end of the week, we opened it up for the uh, campers to ask some questions, and Revelation dominated some of the questions, and, that, and a lot of it was about fear and and you know with all of that horrible uh, war imagery and the, the the weird signs and strange right creatures, all that sort of stuff. Uh, you know, I finally I pulled out some of the classic uh, funeral passages. Yeah. Um, out of there, out of the 21st, 22nd chapter, right? Um, about the, the city descending and the no more hunger and thir- you know, and suddenly I, my my best part was when uh, at the end of the week someone wrote a comment, "Thank you for not making me scared of Revelation anymore." You oh know? yeah, wow. Um, we we forget. I mean, if you've heard um, Craig Custer out of Luther Seminary, right? Did yeah. a bunch of stuff yeah. regarding. Um, about Revelation, and you know, he he reminded we had him at a theological convocation last year. He reminded us our hymns are full of Revelation imagery. Yeah, they are. Casting our crowns before them, and um, all that sort of stuff. So it's uh, we use it, and we, we sometimes miss it, but then we we kind of ignore all the weird sort of cosmic end of day stuff, and right the other stuff sort of works its way into our our understanding through the through the hymns. Otherwise, it's uh, it's the stuff that everybody gets drawn to, the weird stuff. Well, and I think part of it is, uh, as with all enduring stories, it's just darn good storytelling, isn't it? Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Uh, I, the 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 imagery that that John invoked to, to talk about his faith, the the the, it's just powerful stuff that that he pulls up, and and that's the first piece. Is boy, it's just darn great storytelling, and and the imagery works and and seems to hit at something very very deep across cultures. Um, just because I mean, it comes up again and again and again through Christian history. You know, as often as you know, it's one of those books that was barely kept in the canon as as those conversations were happening. Um, but it stayed, and it not only stayed, it thrived, and it became the center of so much of our liturgy and worship in just about every culture and and setting in which there are Christian folks. Uh, that imagery seems to dominate. So wow, it it does. I, and trying to think about it, I don't know. I will admit, I don't I don't have a whole lot of knowledge of other sort of um, religions and, and right. their sort of cosmologies, but we don't see in movies a general move towards other apocalypses. We, we get the, we got sort of the movie 2012, which kind of yeah. was the Mayan end of the world one. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. But other than that, I don't really think of others. Like, you know, I don't think about sort of the Norse Ragnarok um, apocalypse sort of being unleashed upon uh <laughs> the world it gets mentioned in Hellboy, but it doesn't. Uh... Well, and, and and of course in the in the miniseries Vikings, it happens to show up there. But otherwise, yeah, you're right. No, it doesn't come up. Oh <laughs> uh... <laughs> well, yeah, Vikings. Yeah, they, they talk about it. But boy, it, it, all right, it also gets awful jarbled. Mm-hmm. The imagery yeah. of the seven signs. You say seven signs or seven seals, everybody knows what you're talking about. You say the sign of the beast, everybody knows what you're talking about. But but it seems like very often these images get taken into cultural settings with no knowledge of what they're actually rooted in. Um, and Sleepy Hollow is a great yeah. example. It just absolutely uses scriptural reference points without even caring in the least where they come from and, and absolutely destroying any connection to the scriptural reference. Right. 
No, it it um it treats it as sort of an empty vessel. We kind of talked about this in symbolism, right? A couple of it treats it as a sim an, an empty vessel that we can just sort of pour anything into, and we take it out of the whole context that it's in a sense in the Book of Revelation. It sort of doubles down on God as the God of all time, right? The Alpha and the Omega. So right. it, it it pulled out of that. Um, but the one thing I do think that I kind of like, um, even if they're doing it wrong, <laughs> I don't say that lightly. But the one thing that I do like is that it. It brings them into a sense that God's story is very important for the here and now. But is it, is right? it in, in Sleepy Hollow? Is it even God's story? Well, no. I mean, I mean, come on. There's there's the four horsemen of the apocalypse. There's the signs and the seals. Um, but there's no reference to God. No, and in fact, I don't know if you did. You see the Sin Eater episode? I did. I did. I just watched it. Um, spoilers. Um, well, I don't want to. I'm not going to spoil anything. <laughs> But let's see, how do I do this then? Um, <laughs> there was a very important moment when a, a clearly a um, connection to Jesus could have been made. Or, but any, instead or of, any divine being. Any divine being, that is absolutely correct. I mean, even to, to, to vaguely talk, I mean, if you don't want to connect it to Jesus Christ, even to vaguely talk about God could happen and didn't. Yes, none, none at all. Uh, so... And I guess I was speaking in other ways that it was not necessarily just Sleepy Hollow, but apocalyptic sort of theme stuff anyway. But, uh, right, it, it's it's a two-edged sword. Yeah. But there is an important story of, of something going on, um, but not exactly the same story that Revelation gives us. It's yeah. just picking and choosing which parts to include. And meshing it together with all sorts of other mythologies that don't really quite fit, I think. Yeah. Uh, it, it's well, part... and I think that happens... I think that happens in all the movies. Like, so one of the movies, um, as we were putting together a list, that um, there's a movie fairly recently about uh, called Legion. Yeah. Where the, the end of the days is coming, and there the premise is, is that you know what? No, God finally got tired of people, and He's going to wipe them out. Right. Right. Um, and, and it uses all the Revelation imagery, except now God's the bad guy. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Way to go! Right? Which is not at all. Like if, I'm sorry, you you seem to have missed the entire scope of the entire Bible, to, let alone the Book of Revelation. So to uh, um, paraphrase uh, a, a cultural hero, right? You keep on using that meme. I do not think that it means what you think that it means. <laughs> exactly. Right? I mean, exactly. that's basically what we're doing. Um, and yeah. <laughs> so what? So all right. So what is your favorite um, apocalyptic themed Book of Revelation image stealing reference? I don't know, David. I have quite a few, but the one that I think actually is in the best movie. Yeah. Like if you take it, we're saying how they're all bad. Right. Right. I, I'm going to take this. There's there's one that I think is actually a great movie. Okay. And it and it starts and it's one of the best openings to a movie ever and I think it's in Pale Rider, the Clint Eastwood movie. Oh, yeah. Which I know is not at all a, a an apocalyptic movie in that sense, but it's the end the, of the world. But the imagery is there or, well, or called so up. She's well, yeah, so the beginning of the movie has a young girl doing her her basically her her reading lesson at home. Right. And of course, what is she using? But she's using the Bible because that's the book that was in the house, right? Yeah, yeah. And what is she reading? She's reading the passage about the pale rider coming forth. And at the same time, what's happening, Clint Eastwood is riding into town. Oh, that's good. On the back yeah. of his horse. Yep. Oh, oh, 
it just it was a I mean because yeah. it's I, I like that one the best I think because it's in the best movie. All right, so it, I, I'm I'm gonna go outside of movies here. Oh, go Lake of Fire, the Meat Puppets cover by Nirvana that they did uh, at uh, MTV Unplugged when they did the MTV Unplugged. Oh, and and you know uh, where do bad folks go when they die? Lake of Fire and 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 working around that Lake of Fire imagery. Um, again. I don't know that that's really the point of the song um, in, in in a lot of ways, uh, but I dig it. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. No, no, that's really good. I, I will say, I mean, if we're going to, and if I'm going to, I'll go back to, if there's a movie in there that I want to throw out there that is sort of my favorite insofar as real sort of end of the world stuff. Right. Um, the Prophecy, uh, the Prophecy uh, with where Christopher Walken is the devil. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were talking about that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, super, super bad there on many fronts and levels but super we got we got some uh it, so i the way we asked the question on facebook was really broad uh and i just thought i just loved some of the the suggestions that people gave um given that very broad way that i phrased it kind of intentionally certainly some things that i'd never heard of like i'd never heard uh, of bless the child um yeah um but then some of the stuff that i wouldn't really have thought of um but but got suggested by people as being Such as? the Waltons or what, what were some of the others? Uh, South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Okay, okay. South Park has yes, lots. Over and over again. Uh, that one scene in Ghostbusters. <laughs> that, that might be one of my favorites, that one scene in Ghostbusters. Let's see. Uh, all the dragon imagery, right? Yeah. I, I just thought it was such a great list uh, that, that people came up with. Dogma. Yeah, there's one, another one just kind of poking fun at the imagery in some ways, but the angel fighting against, you know, the archangel uh, uh, Michael uh, fighting against evil, right? All that stuff that involves the archangel Michael fighting against yeah. evil, that's all revelation-based. I wonder if if our, um, I mean, with, with there's always that massive struggle there. I mean, clearly it's sort of the, the epic battle of, of good versus right. evil. And is there any sense that, would, would our storytelling be very different? And I'm talking there in sort of Western right. understanding. Would it be very different if we didn't have this book that has had such a place? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But what would our sense of... What would our sense of justice be? I, do you really think we get a sense of justice from that? What, what would, what would, oh. Well, I mean, in the end, in the end, I mean, you know, at least, I mean, in in the end of the of Revelation, right. God prevails. Finally, all of the all of the the um, the side skirmishes of the of the war right. are, are ended, and then everything is is uh, newly created. I don't know. I, I, for me, I think there is a sense, certainly, of uh, of uh, justice going on there. Yeah. Not that everybody pulls from that, and that they go a different direction but mm. i don't know do you, you seem to think if maybe not i don't know I, if i hear you i don't know i think i think the 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 justice idea that people pull from that and the justice idea that the book of revelation is getting at um are 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 very very different i think the justice idea that people by and large pull from it is god's going to get you right uh, the, the, the sort, the sort of justice idea right. that I'm sure you've had it said to you as well. You know, pastor, that's okay. They have to answer to God. You know, as if God is, is sort of, a uh, sliced, sliced alone as, as Judge Dredd, you know, coming to get you. Uh, and I think that's the imagery that people think is dominant in Revelation. I think it's much more magnificat. Those who are, are lowly, those who are, who are oppressed, those who are underfoot are lifted up. And that's a different sort of justice. 
then if you transgress the rules, God is going to smite you, uh, sort of like the, um, you know, the, the, the Monty Python-esque uh, prayer for retribution, smite them, almighty smiter. I, you know, I think that's the sort of justice that people take out of it, and I don't know that that's what's there. But, of course, I could be wrong. Oh, no, I mean, I think, I, I happen to do think that there's a side of that where, um, in the end, all the evil is going to be taken care of in the world because God's going to stop it. The lowly will be lifted up. Um, I think I think both of them can exist together uh, when we when we see that. Yeah, but I think I think I think that God isn't obsessed with evil as a sense of legalism, in the same way that we are. I, I, I oh no, that's why I'm awfully glad. That's why I'm awfully glad that God's right. Be and the I, one I think that, that when we when people take a sense of justice out of the Book of Revelation, it's that sort of legalistic understanding. That just sure. might be. No, I think they do, but. Yeah, I think there's both um, retributive and restorative justice in the midst of that. That there are going to be, I, I'll just throw it out there, I think there's some who will be punished. But I don't have to worry about it because God will be just and God will also uh, reheal the broken relationships that have been caused by the, the power of sin. So um, I think it all works. I, I think part of why, that's part of why I get drawn to these sort of big stories with, uh, with Revelation in them, even though I know. They're really bad in terms of how they use the book itself. Excellent. Um, I think we have beaten that dead horse uh, and its pale rider or pale horse and its dead rider, whichever. <laughs> um, so, Brian, what was the geekiest thing you did this week? Well, on uh, Saturday night, um, I went with a handful of my students um, because uh, our uh, our our regular, the student who does our music at our worship, he's a pianist. Uh, he was the pianist at the Night of the Living Dead opera that was premiered uh, this weekend in Pittsburgh. And it was phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Uh, okay, uh, let, me, let me back it up. I was, really, I was really excited by it, and I thought it was a very nice operatic adaptation of the movie. Uh, but it added, also in the midst of it, um, some very overt religious reflections in the midst of the um, of the story. So they pretty much took the script of the movie, which was very funny because in the in the movie, um, there's a number of times when someone will come in the door and they'll go, "It's okay, it's okay, it's okay, uh, it's going to be all right, everything's going to be all right." When you turn that into recitative as the in an opera, it rings incredibly wow. hollow. Which of course, knowing the movie and knowing yeah. where things are going to go. It absolutely was totally supposed to ring hollow. I'm convinced because uh, if you haven't seen it, I'm sorry, but it, it's not. Okay. <laughs> and I don't want to say anymore. But and if you haven't seen it, you know it's on Hulu. You can go see Night it on of Hulu, the Living Dead. But, I think um, we're okay with spoilers on Night of the Living Dead. I I I, I think right, so. I know. Right. And it, the other nice thing is because it's also such spoiler. A since we were talking about so a spoiler close. after the fact, at the end of the book, God does win in the Book of Revelation. Spoiler. Oh, dang it. Why are you telling them that? What are you telling them that for? Um, now we're going to get people upset. No. So anyhow, that was uh, – uh, the music was very interesting. It was done in a very sort of minimalistic style. Um, and the zombies had a couple oh, of Oh, that's awesome. Um, and one of them was uh, – it was, it was a little hard to hear. Some of the performance wasn't, wasn't great, particularly with the zombie chorus. But one of their well, – their first sort of thing was about – their line was scavenging in Ooh. the breach. There they are in the breach between life, uh, well, between death and afterlife. It was perhaps more to do it. And, and in, in a sense, it was a prayer for folks to 
put them out of their misery um, and not basically begging people, do not leave us in this state. It is a horrible, right. horrible place. It was absolutely great. And at the end, they had a priest come in and it was doing sort of last rites over everything. And, and so he's reading, I am the resurrection and the life and as they, as they're burning corpses and stuff. So it's, it was really That's great. Um, it hit all of my, all of my geek buttons. So, <laughs> Oh, How about you, David? oh well, mine was our our exciting Friday night. You know, of course, this is our our side project that you and I are doing. This is this is not work, and so I often do it in my free time, which includes Friday nights. And so Friday night, uh, I was uh, trying desperately to get this done by the end of the week, since that's what I had promised. Uh, and uh, uh, sitting there uh, on the couch, uh, listening to well us uh and cutting it all together and as you noticed when you were doing the same thing laughing at ourselves um and and thoroughly thoroughly enjoying myself uh, and it was a great friday night laughing laughing at ourselves laughing with ourselves i laugh with myself quite often yeah at yeah. <laughs> i am my best friend <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, nothing, nothing terribly exciting, but uh, that's probably it for me. Well, you did a great job putting that together. I, I'm so excited that we're finally yeah. out there and we're and we're out. And uh, I know people in a couple months are going to hear this and go, "What the? What are they? Right? They're talking yeah. about the launch and all." And yeah. like, yeah, well, well, there you go. We're okay. we're a little slow sometimes, but yeah, and I'm really happy with how it turned out and and how everything sounded. Um, ready to get to the later episodes and and see how the the recordings sound as we changed up how we recorded them and so forth um and we are on itunes now and so i hope you yeah. will uh, uh take yeah. some time to subscribe to us on itunes and uh believe that's everything for this week uh so have a wonderful week all right same to you david Goodbye, everybody thanks for listening to another episode of the church of the geek see the t- great and terrible day of the geek wasn't so bad not nearly as bad as legend makes it out to be Hey, if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, uh, you can follow Geek Church at Geek Church. Um, but you can follow David at Rev underscore David. And you can follow me, Brian Bennett, at Brian underscore O underscore Bennett. Stay geeky, everyone. Mm-hmm.